0: as well as with what some theologians have called Constantinianism. In the first chapter, I begin with the roots of the notion of a secular realm in the New Testament and its emergence and fortunes in the early centuries down to the time of Constantine and the Christian Roman Empire. In the period between the Apostolic Age and Constantine, the problem of the relation between Christianity and a secular society and its culture was suppressed for Christians, being, in effect, taken out of their hands. They saw themselves as sharply distinct in, if not separate from, the society and culture of their non Christian fellows, marked off by boundaries imposed on them, not of their own, but of outsiders' making. Dominating this society and its culture was not even an unrealistic option. The Constantinian settlement changed the situation radically and raise the problem in an acute form. I see this and its sequel, the new conditions engendered by the gradual Christianization of the Roman Empire, as the great divide in Christian history. I discuss this theme in the second part of my first chapter and consider how Christians confronted the problem of adjusting themselves to the culture and society of the empire. In the second chapter, I go on to consider the response of Augustine of Hippo, whom I continue to take to be the outstanding critic of the ideology of the Christian Empire as it had developed by the end of the fourth century and in the time of the Theodosian emperors. In the third chapter, I seek to defend my view that Augustine, while far from indifferent to the moral foundations of his society, was the principal Christian thinker to defend a place for the secular within a religious Christian interpretation of the world and of history. In these two middle chapters I ask first, going back more specifically to Augustine himself, does he still look the same now, over thirty years later, as he did at the time when I interpreted his thought, often with less caution than would have been advisable, at the height of the enthusiasm for secularity, as legitimating the secular. This is one of the central themes I shall deal with in these two chapters. My main purpose will not be to reply to criticism, some of it penetrating and very much to the point, of the views I propounded then. I shall indeed have occasion to try to answer some of the objections raised, but only incidentally to my central purpose. What sort of view of human society in relation to the kingdom of God would an appeal to an Augustinus redivivus authorize? I try to reassess Augustine's position in relation to a number of concerns that have surfaced and become significant in theological and historical discussion, as well as in the field of political theory since the 1950s and 1960s. It will be obvious that the kind of preoccupations which have shaped thinking about liberalism in recent decades lurk in the background of my thinking about Augustine. The place of religion in society, the idea of a secular society and cognate issues, political pluralism, multiculturalism, problems of group and cultural identity, toleration, and the like, all these, along with what has been called the Enlightenment Project, have been extensively debated, criticized, and restated by philosophers, political thinkers, sociologists, and cultural anthropologists, as well as theologians, from several points of view in the decades since 1970. In interpreting Augustine's legacy, I shall need to touch on these debates as occasion arises, and to take them into account, if only marginally. The final chapter traces the increasingly religious orientation of Roman society and its culture, especially from the second half of the 6th century, and the eclipse of the secular at the end of antiquity and during the Christian Middle Ages in Western Europe. I shall go on, very briefly, to reflect on its rehabilitation, above all by the blessed Pope John the Twenty-third, in whose honor these lectures have been instituted, and the Second Vatican Council. The Council has, in this respect as in so many others, been a watershed for Catholic thinking. It amounted to an acknowledgment of the secular as an autonomous realm. In this book, I try to place this achievement into a Christian tradition reaching back at least to Augustine of Hippo.